This is a content warning. This episode of We Want to Be Better discusses abortion, rape and domestic violence. If you think this may be a bit triggering for you, then tune out now and we will see you next week. Bye. We want to be better. <laughs> we want to be better. We need to be better. We, we want, want to, to be, be better. No, no. no, it didn't work. <laughs> okay. We, we want, want to, to be, be better. better. All right, you ready? Coming to you <laughs> from my study. Your house. We're recording at your house. This is exciting. New season, new setup for everyone not here. So everyone listening. <laughs> we have a new at-home studio, which is great because we can do whatever we want now. We're recording on a Tuesday instead of a Friday. That's crazy. <laughs> and like late in the day as well. So this is exciting. Um, we've... Had a break, obviously. Went to Perth. I mean, we haven't had a break. We haven't. No, yeah. Oh my god, we didn't no. break up. <laughs> <laughs> no, we've had a uh, a season break, and during that time, we went to Perth, and I learned something about you that I wanted to share with. Oh the no, what? <laughs> I'm actually scared. Okay, so I learned that you brush your teeth after doing your makeup. Oh, oh yeah, that's very obviously strange. in the morning. Well, obviously. Because at night I'm not putting makeup on. No, but yeah, and the reason you do it, which is interesting in itself, is because you like it to take the foundation off your lips. Yes. Yeah, that's so bizarre. Oh, I never (laughs) claim to be a normal person. (laughs) Well, I seriously thought that everyone was onto that. It was so... Yeah. I know what you mean. It makes them all nice and pink. It takes all the foundation. I tried to do it. And oh. I, ca- I brush with complete abandon. I just, you know, the video of the guy on Married at First Sight when he's like aggressively brushing his teeth and it's all dripping down his face. That is. And could- it's, but <laughs> it, 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 I thought it was a joke. I, but it turns out that guy is actually real and he's just like. Yeah. <laughs> that is, it's- that could very well be me. Oh, if someone yeah. took a video of me brushing my teeth, it would probably go viral because, yeah, I just – I have an electric toothbrush, so I just sort of open my mouth and just let it all sort of just drip down and just move. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a pretty – so I tried to do it because I thought, oh, no, that is a smart idea because I often yeah. do have foundation left on my lips. Then you have no foundation on your cheek. <laughs> yeah, I had okay. to restart again. So, yeah, no, I thought it was interesting and if anyone is listening, I want to know where your thoughts are because I'm very specific on brushing teeth in the sense that it should be the first thing you do in the morning, absolutely, before you eat. I want to have them as fresh as possible. No, not before. No, before you eat, 100%. No, I want them as fresh as possible so when I'm, like, near someone, I'm going to have, like, nice, fresh breath. I don't know. So I think you should brush them immediately and then eat your breakfast and stuff. I mean, because then you- it's good to do them twice. Oh, yeah, you know, you can do them twice, but I think it's better because then you have like a fresh mouth to enjoy your food. Whereas if you eat with breakfast, your breakfast, you've got like sleep mouth. Ooh. Do you know what I mean? This is device. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what I loved about um, going over to Perth? I mean, there were so many things. So many I things. I loved it. I loved it. But um, – Hanging out with you is great and I loved at your house. So we hung out with your mum a lot, which was so fun. I love it. But um, we – there was one point you were just talking about teeth and I thought, oh, maybe your mum's like thinking this is getting a bit weird, but I was in the shower and you're in the bath. Yeah. (laughs) We got very (laughs) – 
<laughs> yeah. And it was like one point where I thought, oh, B's mum, who's called Marie, Marie probably thinks like we're getting a little bit close yeah. now. Yeah, it'd be but, weird because we'd be like, well, we're off to bath. Like we're off to bathe, mum. Yes. We'll see you when we get out of the shower. <laughs> like, it is very strange. But, you we know. We just can't stop talking to each other. It is so unhealthy. Yeah. Like, I don't even do that with my husband. No. I tell him, give me some space. <laughs> give me some space. And then when I'm with you, I'm like, oh, you, you're having a bath. Can yeah. I have a shower? No, yeah, it just saves time. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, so Perth was great. And obviously our Perth episode just aired last week. So this is our first time recording for this season. And we've chosen a very interesting topic. Yeah. I mean, we're going in hard. We're going ham this season. Um, so we're choosing we're serious. We're Yeah. We're – Crunching down on the mm. big topics. Yeah. And so the thing is, because I told Palmer that we were going to do this and he was like, well, that's quite, um, that's a good topic to talk. He's like, I 100% think you should talk about it. Oh, I guess you'll know by the episode title, it's abortion. <laughs> <laughs> but, oh my God. How many people have said that, that the topic is abortion and then pissed themselves off? Yeah. We are so fucking, get our no, shit together. I know. Sorry. Okay. No, so the topic is You're abortion. You're allowed to laugh through some serious issues. No, yeah, of course. Because- but he said, oh, you know that, like, do you think you'll get some f- cops some flack for it? And oh, I thought, go with me, uh, but then I thought, but surely our listeners would have to be, yeah, I would think they would be like-minded on us and want us to discuss this. Well, I don't know though. Like, do you've you got to stand for have... something, not stand for nothing. And I think, Who? I, think what? I don't know. I made that up. I think, <laughs> I think actually probably someone really smart. You probably that. saw it on my mum's wall somewhere <laughs> when you're in Perth, no doubt. Next to live love, yeah. love or whatever it is. Um, yeah, I I think at the end of the day, you've just got to take a stand. And and it's not even about taking a stand, really. Mm. I think that we just need the information. Yeah. Like we, I mean, I personally haven't had an abortion. Mm. Um, you know, if if I did, mm. I, I would have hope that I could say something about it. But um, I haven't had one, so I don't have the experience of it. And I yeah. need to learn because yeah. I was saying just, before to you that I know so much about repeal the eighth that went on in Ireland and I know a lot about Roe versus Wade and the heartbeat laws you know going on in the US mm. and you know those the rid- crazy oh, crazy shit oh my happening gosh. in the US I know the ex- like the tiny little pieces of that mm. yet I really don't know if I got pregnant right now I know that Victoria's most open state but that's it yeah. that's all I know I don't know anything about what's going on in Australia yeah um I think I vaguely know that judges passed it years and years ago in when it was first I don't know that's that is as vague as I mm. am on it I, I think that we need to learn about what's going on in our own country yeah. because while it's all very good to be sharing for um, images and stuff of handmade tale you know, handmade hands tale. Made yeah. tale. I, I mean, I'm just warming into this season. Yeah, okay? guys, we've had a break, remember. Hands made ta- <laughs> Oh, fucking fuck. <laughs> Handmaid's tale. tale. Like yeah. people dressed up like that and protesting and whatever. It's always in a different country. It's We just don't know enough in Australia. So no. I think this point. is really important. I mean, I've not had an abortion. So I had a miscarriage. Yeah. But – when I, you know, I went through the whole, had the miscarriage, but then didn't have the whole miscarriage. There yeah, was yeah. something still in there. So I had to have a curatage. I know that I'm probably saying that incorrect and you're going to have a go at me. 
curatage. Uh, isn't it just a curate? Fucking hell. It's a, well, like a right. DNC. Like a, yes, a DNC. A little, yeah. Right. And I had to go to the abortion clinic to have it. And so I was on the same schedule as all the other people having abortions. And even though I wasn't having the abortion, I got to tell you, that was a shitty fucking experience because I could hear the other people as well going through it. And it was just, it was awful. And I can't imagine how someone going through an abortion would actually feel like it's well, not you, a great What experience. do you mean you could hear? Well, because you're all just sort of like lined up one after another in your beds and they don't have a separate room. They've just got a curtain. So then yeah. they come in and they chat to you about your abortion. And so you can hear the, what's happening in so it's not just next. like people crying or anything. No, yeah. but you're just what like, you, oh. And what then do you, you mean here? Like protesting or? No, you hear them talking about their experience and how far along they are and like why they're having their abortion. Like they're oh. doing that. And then Jesus. you get wheeled in, you get moved into this room and it's just, you know, like any time. is this? This is Western Australia. Mm-hmm. But any time that you have any procedure, it's always like not great going into the theatre room and lying down on the slab and whatever. And to be fair, I <laughs> oh you like it? Oh no, <laughs> I know this is really fucking disgusting that I'm even bringing this up in the middle of an abortion thing. Maybe I shouldn't, but I, do you know what? Oh, it's we're going not, for it. We're going for it yeah. because that's just me. Mm. Um, I had a um, DNC as well, but I had it after um, Maliki was born because Maliki was a twin, and his twin. Passed away at 12 weeks, similar thing, but right. he, I carried him along and then it turns out he didn't come out, the other baby, whatever. Mm. So I had to have the uh, same thing, I had yeah. to have it all taken out. But I was so fucking excited because I had a, a newborn and I couldn't wait to go to sleep. Oh, got a little nap, did you? <laughs> oh, I got a little nap, baby. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I can't wait to be knocked out. Just Yeah, I mean, the knocked out part was not too bad. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think like the whole experience for me was shit. And so, and that's not even having the abortion part, yeah. but just going through that. And that alone wasn't great. And that's how all of the other abortions on the day were proceeded with. So I know it's not a great experience. And um, that's about as much about an abortion I can give in personal experience. Yeah. Um, so that just want all the listeners to know that neither of us have had an abortion, but I'm yeah. pretty sure you, if you've guessed, we're pro-choice. So the reason we are discussing abortion today is because we have Claire the chair of <laughs> the chair Poet and you know it. <laughs> the chair of our bodies our choices which is a community campaign to decriminalize abortion in new south wales which as you were saying earlier about how you don't know australian laws there are so many laws in new south wales that i was not aware of yeah and so we've got claire on here today and she's gonna enlighten us a little bit great Okay, so Claire, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. <laughs> that's great. So, um, Claire, you are the chair of Our Bodies, Our Choices. Can you tell us what that's all about? Yeah, for sure. So, I am actually the chairman uh, because when we went to the bank to set up the bank account, there is no option to be a chair or a chairperson. <laughs> You've got to be the chairman. Oh, of course. <laughs> yep. Honestly. Yep. The irony. So, oh, the patriarchy the whole, yes, runs the whole thing. So one of our community <laughs> members that was there with us that day said, oh, well, that's clearly going to be our next campaign. 100%. Uh, and yeah. I think she's probably right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, But at the moment, what we're doing is uh, we are the community campaign to decriminalise abortion in New South Wales. Uh, So we're working with members of the community, MPs, uh, women's legal health uh, community groups who all have the same goal, which is to change 
some very old laws that mean abortion is still a crime in New South Wales. Right. So can you explain New South Wales abortion laws for us? Sure. So abortion in New South Wales is still in our Crimes Act. Uh, Every other state has um, either amended their Crimes Act or taken it out and put it somewhere else. Uh, So there's a lower, what's called a lower court ruling from 1971 where a judge said that abortion is lawful where uh, the woman is able to explain certain circumstances mean that an abortion is necessary in her case. So um, mental, physical, psychosocial, economic circumstances mean that the balance Mm. tips in favour of having an abortion. Uh, But that's obviously not the same as having a law that says it's lawful. Uh, And people and women and doctors are prosecuted. So the last prosecution was relatively recent. It was 2017. What? So what's the punishment then for seeking an abortion or performing an abortion? Sure. So it can be up to 10 years in prison. What? Yep. See, this is yep. this is crazy to me because obviously the um, American yeah. – um, everyone's up in arms about America's current stance yeah. on abortion. And we've just seen all of this stuff about repeal the eighth in Ireland. And, and everyone's, yeah. you know, posting it in Australia acting as though – we but, don't have these issues. And we live in a, some sort of different... Utopian yeah. society. So why mm-hmm. is it that Australians just... Like, unless obviously they're going and needing an abortion, they're probably running into the problem and finding out about the law. But how come Australians just don't un, don't know this? How come yeah. it's not com- common knowledge? Yeah, sure. So, look, in every other state and territory... As I said, the laws have been reformed, so it's really right. a problem in New South Wales. And the reality is, if you live in a metropolitan area, so that's really the NSW, Newcastle, Sydney, Wollongong, if you live in one of those areas and you can put your hands on sort of somewhere between $400 and $1,000, which is how much it costs, you can access an abortion relatively easily. Right. Is so it legal? I don't want to sort of say too definitively, no, it's definitely not, because that sort of implies that people can't get it, and I don't want to sort of scare yeah. anyone who needs this proof. But there is a possibility of prosecution. Right. It's probably the best way to put it. Okay. Um, so, so for a lot of us who have friends who've had abortion and we've talked to our uh, you know, our family and our girlfriends and the other people that we talk about this with, they probably had a relatively easy experience with theirs because they're able to find you know, sort of a couple of hundred bucks and they don't live too far from a major metro area. Right. But if you live in a regional and rural area and you and or you can't find sort of at a minimum $400 and it does get much more expensive, there's a real problem with access. So, so the privileged can access it and those that probably almost need it more mm. because raising a child is harder for them, like particularly people that can't yeah. access $400. So there's no, and there's, yeah, there's no, is, okay, I don't know. Is there public access to abortion in other other states? Yes. Oh, it is, there is, but just not in New South Wales. Yeah, that's right. So in some states, um, from memory, Victoria and South Australia, there is a preferential public provision. So their laws and regulations actually say it should be provided in the public health system. Right. Right. Yeah. 
And and what is the because they have like weeks up until sort of yeah um so up until sixteen weeks or twenty weeks or what mm-hmm. do you know vaguely what the other states are? Yeah, sure. So you're talking about a gestation limit. Yeah. Uh, so in Victoria, it's twenty four, okay. uh, and in Queensland, who reformed their laws most recently, that was last year. It's twenty two. Right. Okay. Mm. I thought it was like 14 weeks. I don't know why I thought that. I did yeah. too. Yeah, I, I, can, I can probably guess, or I have an educated guess anyway. Um, 14 weeks and below is where the majority of abortions are performed. Right. So we're talking like upwards of 90% of abortions happen before 14 weeks. Okay, and it's only sort of the very rare that go beyond that. Yeah, that's right. Okay. All right. Now, the thing I was reading through some of your literature um, that you've sent out to us, and there were some interesting stats in there. Um, one that I resonated with me was that um, most women have an abortion who have an abortion already have one child. It says sixty one percent of women that are well vagina owners uh, that are acting um, uh, needing abortion already have one child or more. So that. That shocked me, although I don't know why it did because I can understand. (laughs) I feel like I was saying to Bianca, I feel like I've become, not that I was ever not pro-choice, but if I can become more pro-choice, I became more pro-choice after kids because I really did know how hard it was. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Um, yeah, I hear you. But I was wondering, can you dispel like a few more myths around abortion for us? Yeah, because it's not just, you know. Because I think that people think that, like, for example, with that statistic, I think that a lot of people think that it's, you know, these loose women or something mm. that are going around, like... That are just, like, not... <laughs> like, throwing precaution to the wind when it comes to contraception and just using an abortion as a backup kind of thing and not caring. But it's more like yep. an actual decision that is like, well, actually, we can't afford another kid <laughs> or, you know, I don't want another kid um, kind of thing. Mm. Yeah, oh, look, there's certainly plenty of myths out there about who has abortion and, and why it's needed. Um, so some really basic stats. Um, if every couple in the world used contraception perfectly, and we all know, like I certainly can speak for myself, I did not use the pill perfectly when I was on it. Mm. Um, but if every couple in the world used contraception perfectly every time, there would still be millions of contra- like needs for abortion or contraceptive failures every year. Yeah. Because there's no, there's no form of contraception that is 100% effective. Well, I and have been using that- one. It's called um, abstinence. Um, <laughs> it's working really well for me. My husband's not a big fan of it, but um, it's working great for me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that, that's the most common retort, I guess, um, and – for those people that that works for them, that's great. But yeah. I'm not sure how you get around the No, 100%. And I, and I think as well, though, like, I mean, obviously there are cases of rape where, you know, people are getting impregnated completely against their will. But there's also, you were saying, domestic violence and um, people being forced to be pregnant. Yeah, so... Uh, there's a group called Children by Choice in Queensland who do amazing work around pregnancy options counselling. And they put some research out very recently, sort of in the last couple of weeks, uh, talking to the people who use their service about reproductive coercion. And it goes both ways, right? So reproductive coercion can both be forcing someone to be pregnant who doesn't want to be 
or forcing someone to have an abortion who wants to remain pregnant. And what they found in their study is that it's far more likely that a controlling or abusive partner will want a woman to continue a pregnancy because it means that they're tied to that person yeah, for life. of course. Mm. Yeah. Mm. God, yeah, yeah it makes God. me sick. Yeah. And as well, because I was reading that, you know, it can also include tampering with um, their pill or condoms on purpose. So even if you are yep. going to be like, well, I'm using condoms and I'm being safe, well, you might also be getting abused in that way where you you think you're being safe but your partner is coercing you into falling pregnant. Yeah, that's exactly right. And that's presuming that people are in sort of a monogamous relationship and you know some people aren't and that's okay. Um Oh, I'm sure that you've all seen the news about stealthing and the kind of the um, all that sort of stuff that comes out. So there's a lot of realities around contraceptive use and relationships with people um, that would lead to people being pregnant when they don't want to be. So who then are the people that are opposing changing this law? Like, who, mm-hmm. who and what are they reasoning for it? <laughs> well, look, I mean, I, I am hardly going to be an unbiased commentator on this, so I will put that caveat in before that's, I go off. No, that's totally that fine. Is. That's fine. Um, look, a lot of it stems from um, people who are very religious but in a particular way. So you'll see a lot of people who – it's the same groups that campaigned against marriage equality, right? It's probably yeah. your best touch point for where they're at. So they're not actually terribly representative of the religious groups they're part of. Uh, There's a lot of data from around the world about who uses contraception, for example, and the Catholic Church has a really clear position from its hierarchy that you can't use contraception. But Catholic women use contraception and access abortion at the same rates as every other group. Right. This is – we had a little chat before we rang you and – I was just saying to Bianca that I was listening to an interview where someone that worked in an abortion clinic said that the people outside picketing, many of them had actually been inside for an abortion and mm-hmm. obviously for um, confidentiality reasons, they couldn't let that be known mm. uh, who they were but it, it was funny because it was like they had to still pretend that they were anti-abortion mm. because mm. they had to, I don't know, peer pressure, I suppose it is, from the community. Absolutely. Look, this might sound strange coming from someone who is a really ardent pro-choice campaigner. I actually don't mind if people are anti-abortion. I just don't want them to make that decision for anyone else. Mm. Yeah. That's that's literally all that this law changing will mean, is that people who don't want an abortion, nothing's going to change for them. But people who do won't go to jail. Yeah. That's a good outcome. Yeah. Um what yeah. That was such that was just I like mean, so perfectly said. <laughs> I was yeah, really really good. Good. yeah. Uh what what then do you think though when people say, Well, why is it up to you that is a living a living being what it doesn't get to make the choice? Like why why should you mm-hmm. make the choice? Why you know? Right, yeah, yeah. You're, at the yeah. end of the day, you're the one that's ending a life. Um, why mm-hmm. Why should something give up its life because you made a mistake? I'm sorry, I'm just acting yeah, devil's sure. advocate, obviously. Yeah. But, you know. Absolutely. Yeah, look, and there's a couple of um, answers to that. And I just want to point out 
just a lot of people don't do this, but there is a real tension in the argument that says children are beautiful, miraculous lives that must be protected at all costs. And children are a punishment for slutty women who have sex. Like, which are they? Are they a beautiful gift or a terrible punishment? Right. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I'm a stepmom. Uh, I'm so the I slutty one. <laughs> you're, you're a stepmom. <laughs> yeah, so I'm a stepmom. So, uh, depending on what day you catch me. Um, they are either a terrible punishment or a beautiful gift. Yeah, I don't think – surely everyone's on both sides of that camp though. Like you go good good days and bad. Like there's not anyone that's like they're a beautiful gift 24-7, surely. Yeah. I mean I don't go to the shops during school holidays. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> Why? Why would you do it? Yeah. Like, yeah. So, but no, look. Yeah, sorry. Keep going. Um, so that's – no, that's the first part of it. But look, um, to tell you a little bit about my story, I'm diabetic. So at some point – in my life, my kidney is going to crap out and I'm going to need either a transplant or to go on dialysis. Mm. So when that happens, I can't say to anyone, my life depends on you. You must give me a kidney. You have yes. to go through yes. surgery, all the drug treatment that comes after that, uh, whatever happens in your life after you've had a kidney go missing, you have to go through that because my life depends on it. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. Well, that's completely that's true, completely right? True. I, I, I donate blood, uh, for example, um, but I do so willingly. Like if someone needs um, a blood transfer or uh, – yeah, Transfer, exactly. transfusion. Oh, transfusion. Come on, we're very oh, – this is a like, proper podcast. Like, <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, or like you were saying, an organ or bone marrow or whatever, and you might be the match mm. for it you still have body autonomy and you don't have to save that life. Oh, yeah, my sister's keeper. Yep, yep, yep. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah so oh, I right. get that. That's yeah, a really that's good way to put it into. But for yeah. some reason we're telling women that they have to, have to, you know, continue on with pregnancies for little fetuses essentially that mm. haven't, haven't got to live like a life of mm. – yeah, I get it. I get it. I'm my. my I mean, my mind's mush. <laughs> but yeah, well, I'm not sure if you followed it. There was a case in the United States um, relatively recently, sort of in the last two years. Mm. Really tragic and awful circumstances where a, a young woman who was already a mother, uh, already had kids, uh, collapsed at work. She had a brain aneurysm, just a freak thing, and she was pregnant at the time. And she and her partner were both paramedics. So he took her to the hospital, but everyone knew when she got there, she was brain dead. Like there was no coming back for her. She was done. Uh, but this was in a southern state and the hospital there said, oh, actually, look, even though she's on a ventilator and she's intubated, we have to keep the machine running. We basically have to use her body as an incubator because she's pregnant, even though she's left instructions that say, don't do that. Right. And even though her husband and her parents were there saying this is not what she wanted. Right. So he had, he had to take the hospital to court to say, can you please respect my wife's end of life wishes and take her off a ventilator? That's so traumatic. I just yeah. don't know what to say. Yeah. I, so can you imagine being him and trying that to explain that to his kids? Yeah. No. No. I honestly can't. Mm. That's awful. Yeah. Okay, so look, we're on board. <laughs> yeah, we're on board. <laughs> um, what? So you're, so you're taking the campaign to yeah. Parliament like soon. This 
Well, this episode will come out next Wednesday, so it'll be that week, right? The 6th of August, is that what you said? Yeah, so at this stage, uh, where we're at is it'll be going through the lower house next week, so the week that the podcast is on, the week of the sitting week of the 6th. Mm -hmm. Then there's a break, there's a week off, and then it goes to the upper house the next week, which is the 20th of August. And how are you feeling? Are you nervous? Do you feel confident? Oh, I'm having so many feelings. Yeah. (laughs) It's really hard to... um, I'm cautiously optimistic. This is the best chance we've had in my lifetime to reform these laws. Uh, But I don't think we can take anything for granted because New South Wales is actually quite a conservative state. Uh, It's not the first time that people have tried to reform these laws and everything up until now hasn't worked. Can I ask, Claire, how how did you get into um, being a a rallyer? Rallyer? Rallyer. That's not the right term. Professional (laughs) interviewers. (laughs) Yeah, I'm really good at this. How did you get involved in campaigning for um, abortion rights? Sure. So I remember really clearly, I have this very distinct memory from when I was about 15. uh, And there was an article on the news. um, I think it was regional news because I was living in the country at the time. And there was, if you'll excuse me for saying so, a bald old white man. No, don't <laughs> apologise for that ever. <laughs> Do you even know our podcast? <laughs> go for it. Yeah, go for it. That's, um, that kind of behaviour is welcome to you. Yeah, so there was this bald old white dude talking about abortion and he went, but women need to be saved from themselves. And I went, fuck off. Right, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't need you to save me from myself. Uh and sort of from there, you know, once you start looking into this um, and talking to women who've had abortions, um, talking to women who've, who are mothers, uh, these decisions are complex, they're nuanced, and women can be trusted to make them. Yeah. And I just kind of went, you know what? I don't need any extra hassle in my life or my friends' lives. Can we just not do this? Can we just have these laws gone so we can just get on with what we're doing? Yeah, 100%. I love that. Like, mm. um, you know, because it is at the end of the day, yes, it is It is vagina owners. Yeah. But it, it definitely is a, um, a thing that's skewed towards women and there still is this thing where men – yeah, men just don't think that we are adults. That we can make our own like, decisions, yeah. It? And I love that it just comes down to just trust women. Yeah. Trust them. Mm-hmm. Like it's so yeah, I mean, simple yeah, when you really say bizarre. it like that. It's like I don't need to ask to get – like I don't need a man to tell me that I can have like a dental filling, right? Like, <laughs> uh, you know, I don't need them to yeah. tell – but why is it then that they get to tell me like, oh, but no, you can't have this abortion? Like you don't get the right. Yeah. Mm. It's just a medical but procedure. We- but we drive every day, right? Driving, reasonably dangerous. True. Um, there's, we go to the dentist. We have knee replacements. Yeah. We live with men. Can we look after kids? Like, and we look after men. Like, I'm not joking. <laughs> yeah. Like, this is the most bizarre, ironic thing is when you look down and, at all the statistics about the mental load and who's actually booking in that doctor's appointment. Those men are going to the doctors because they can't look after themselves often. The women are still doing it in these um, heterosexual relationships. They are still carrying the load. Yeah, but there's just this one thing that's so specific that apparently we can't do. No, and it's – 
it's funny. Up. Like my husband's so hopeless with going to the doctor. Like I book all of his appointments, but I, I even like I don't know. He he takes medications, right? And I don't know when they're running low. So I have a note in my phone to go off to say book an appointment because he's likely running low on scripts, <laughs> just so that he doesn't have this last minute panic and he's run out. Like that's what I'm doing for him. Maybe maybe we should start all of these um, bald white males that you were talking about before, since they're such experts on you know vaginas and uteruses and all that. Next time I get a thrush thrush infection, mm. I might just go and ask them if they've got any advice and you know how to fix my UTI as yeah, well. Yeah, hundred percent. Because apparently they freaking know it all. They're experts on it. Oh yeah, and yet yeah, like they still really struggle to please us sexually. Like they can't find the clitoris, find the clitoris. but they'll tell us like all there is to know about a vagina. Yeah, great. Thank you so much, Claire. Yeah. Thank Claire, what is there anything that we can do? Um, is there anything that you need people to sign if they're interested? What, what can we what do? What can we do? Sure. So, absolutely, sign all the things. If you go to our website, which is www.oboc.com.au, there are actions on there. So, you can email your MP. You can sign up to our mailing list. Uh, we're having events. So, there's a rally on that will actually have been in the past by the time this podcast is on. But there will be more. There will definitely be actions into the future. Uh, we have a shop there. So, you know, like it's pro-choice, but we make it fashion. We have some fabulous uh, <laughs> I love um, it. Follow us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. We'll be updating live from Parliament. So we'll put the link to live streaming as well as tweeting. And we get a bit sarcastic on the Twitter. So okay. if that's your jam, that's I love it. At. We will um, put all of this for all of our listeners listening right now. Everything will be in the show notes to yeah. find um, our bodies, our choices and make it easy for you but um claire thank you so much for um being on the podcast we really really appreciate it yeah um and and thank you for fighting yeah thank you for fighting for our rights it's not just about coming on the podcast it's really about the bigger picture and i just cannot believe that someone was in trouble in 2017 oh my god that's crazy so yeah thank you and thank you for all the future vagina owners as well yeah (laughs) it was a pleasure thank you so much for having me thanks Claire. claire cheers